0: Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. That's George Fant, extra tackle in motion. He can also be a tight end. Oh, a little trickery here. Wilson gets it back, looking, airing it deep, going for it all, and he's got it for the touchdown! Malik Turner bowls it in for Seattle. All right, welcome into Purple Daily. I'm back. I'm refreshed. I did nothing yesterday. I you know what I did? I bought a little box of those Christmas trees. And a case of Diet Dr. Pepper, and I watched every game yesterday, and that was all I did, Jonathan. That was how I spent my day. Why am I not surprised by the Diet Dr. Dr. Pepper one, though? Yeah, but did you know that I love those little Christmas trees? I didn't, but now I know. Yeah, they're delicious. Now I know for a Christmas present. So that's how I spent my day and watched a ton of football, including the Seattle game. And now I have lots of overreactions and observations to share with our journeyman quarterback correspondent, Sage Rosenfels. What is up, Sage?
1: Not much, guys. I did not watch that much football yesterday. I watched uh, football, as in my daughter playing soccer in St. Louis, oh, uh, nice. and then flying back. So I didn't. I did watch some uh, last night's game and turned it off at the end of the third quarter as the 49ers <laughs> as everyone were just did. dominating. And and I had a lot of interest in that game. Obviously, I you know played for Kyle Shanahan, played for Matt Lafleur as well. You were on the, the broadcast. Coach.
0: Did you know that? No, I yes, wish did not. you made an appearance, I'll tell you when. They showed a team picture that had Shanahan and LaFleur and the defensive coordinator for the 49ers all on the same staff, right, with the Texans, and yep. there's large-ass number 18, Sage Rosenfels, on the TV.
1: Well, there I was,
0: there and you I, you know, I, I, I talk about uh,
1: offense and defense a lot on this show, but... You know, in particular, this style of offense, which, you know, Gary Kubiak played for, and they, they're very much implementing. But we saw some of the, you know, watching that last night, both sides, and and uh, Aaron Rodgers getting harassed. That 49ers defense is so good. And, and Robert Sala, yeah, he was a defensive quality control now to the Texans and, and has moved his way up as well, uh, and now is, you know, probably going to be a head coach, I would think, next year. His defense is phenomenal. they got a whole bunch of good players as well and uh, sort of a dominant defensive line. And, you know, they're going to be, a lot of teams have them, a lot of people have them, experts, as they say, as the number one team in the NFC, and uh, either them are the Saints. And, you know, the, as, as the Vikings go here, uh, that Green Bay game last night, uh, things are looking better and better for Minnesota.
0: Yes, they are. And that's at the center of our website is that the Vikings, now the door is open potentially to win the NFC North. And I want to get into those scenarios and just how Epic! Uh, the final five weeks of the season are going to be. But my overreaction to last night, Sage, tell me if it's too far or not. Is San Francisco, if they play the Vikings, will do the same thing to the Vikings? And the other side of that is Green Bay, not really a Super Bowl contender. Like they yeah. will make the playoffs, they could win a playoff game, but they cannot win the Super Bowl.
1: Uh, not the way their offensive line got dominated last night, and and the Saints are good as well. And and yeah, I don't I don't know. They they didn't have. That run game, they didn't make those explosive plays. I was completely blown away. Uh, and I don't know how many times we've seen this in, over the course of his career, not very many, but Aaron Rodgers threw 33 passes for 104 yards. That's wild. That is wild. And if you look at the pass chart, basically everything is like within five yards in the last scrimmage. And uh, it's because this in the secondary is good. So naturally you think secondary, but it's that D line is just – so good and you cannot hold on to the football. Uh and you know the the younger Bosa, uh, I think he's probably better than the older Bosa, you know, mm-hmm. in, in his young career he is one I of those guys I think both of them are good. Yeah, both uh, of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I like it? that. Like I like that? that. Okay. I've been um, off so, for
0: days.
1: <laughs> so anyway, I they, they looked good last night and their <laughs> offense can score points in chunks, but they also can turn the ball over. Garoppolo is one of those quarterbacks that uh, he's thrown interesting he's thrown 10 picks this year and 8 of them in two of their games or something like that so he's sort of a hot and cold type of quarterback and he turns the ball over a little bit but uh, they got some playmakers a receiver that is they I, I, they didn't look like they were in the same league as the 49ers last night so yeah i'm saying uh, you know the vikings not the vikings but the packers are definitely you know i think on the outside looking in like probably make the playoffs but I don't see them beating you know, two or three teams uh, to get to the Super Bowl.
0: So in Rodgers' prime, his absolute best years where he's one of the five best quarterbacks to ever play, he's averaging over nine yards per pass attempt. And since 2015... He is averaging 7.2 yards per pass attempt. So when he's still really good at football and can make great plays and insane throws when you need. But all the numbers point to this guy just not being the same level of quarterback that he used to be. And I think what we saw last night, Sage, is the insane athlete Aaron Rodgers is just not there anymore. The guy who can break out of tackles and step up in the pocket or extend plays and find somebody down, down the field deep. He's just not really that guy anymore. I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers a lot like Kirk Cousins, where if he gets bootleg action and gets some time to throw the ball down the field, he can, but he hangs on to the ball way too long still, does not get it out quick enough, and if opposing teams start getting after him, he's basically done for that night.
1: Listen, getting the ball out is so important, and I think some quarterbacks, because they do occasionally have lost lot of success or, or they had in the past or whatever, just consistently hold on the ball too much. I'm trying, there's some other – I mean, he was sacked 53 times last year. That's a that's a huge number. Deshaun Watson was sacked something like 60 times last year. Uh, and those two guys, you would think, with how athletic they are and how many times you see them escape trouble uh, and then make plays down the field, you think, man, those those athletic guys don't get sacked much. And so I'm a big believer in getting the ball out quick. And I think that's one of the things the Vikings have done with, with Kirk, who's not the athlete. But they basically, as they drop back, they're pretty much getting the ball out fairly quick. Uh, otherwise, if they're going to sh- take a shot down the field, it's the bootleg stuff. It's the play-action stuff. And I think as as Vikings fans, we have seen how nice that is that you don't have to have a superhero quarterback to make plays down the field. And, and, and we saw it last night with Jimmy Garoppolo. Nobody around him. And then the corner post route to, to George Kittle for the what is it, seventy yard touchdown or whatever it was. That play action bootleg stuff uh, you know keeps you on, you know, pace for first runs. it's it just gets the game gets ugly in second and long and third and long. It just mm-hmm. does. And you know, we see guys like Aaron Rodgers because they take sacks or whatever, uh, sometimes it almost overcomplicates the game when your quarterback is at like. And he's yeah, as you said, he's not quite as much as he was Uh, earlier as far as the quick I mean he's still he's such an incredible athlete but those guys are seeming to get to him more this year than they have in the past
0: yep and in the past he's had if not the best one of the best offensive lines in the league and it seemed like last night as soon as Brian Bulaga went out that that was just over and Bakhtiari is still a good player but when you're going up against Bosa there's just no comparison like Bosa is going to be able to get after you so from the Packers side of things um, so, so, by the way, all of this is that's why the value of the running game is so important. That's exactly because where this I was is with so this. hard they need to run the ball.
1: It's so hard to to consistently win just throwing the ball against like really good defensive lines, and it's, sometimes it's almost like a it's like a lost leader to grocery store. Like, okay, we're, we're we may not get very much in the running game, but we have to try to at least keep the defense, you know. Trying to defend the run and, you know, play that and all that stuff and try to wear them down. So even the ones and twos, sometimes you just got to have the ones and twos. You know, you have to truly execute at a really high level consistently down the field and that running game and, and, you know, getting the ball out, high completion percentage stuff. Uh, and then taking their shots on the bootleg stuff. I think they should run the. I always think they should run the ball more, and, and uh, they weren't very effective last night.
0: No, and and that's the reason that I think on the other side of that, why San Francisco would be the nightmare matchup for the Vikings. I, I think that the Vikings could beat the other teams, but with that defensive line from San Francisco, that just Ooh. screams to me they're going to shut you down with those four guys in the run game and pressure you in the pass game. And if you're asking Kirk Cousins to straight drop back, and they're Putting everybody back out in coverage, seven in coverage. I think that's exactly what the Vikings do not want to face once they get to the playoffs. And San Francisco really showed what they can do to a very similar offense last night against Green Bay.
1: Well, and we saw that last night uh, with the uh, was it what's his name, Debo? Is it Debo Sweeney? Not Debo Samuel. Samuel, D.O. Yes. Samuel, um, uh, he is an explosive player, and I've seen him make. He sort of reminds me of Percy Harvin a little bit, probably more of a receiver, but one of those guys who has this sort of some breakaway speed, but runs almost like a running back uh, after he has the ball in his hands. And he caught that one, uh, little in route last night on a, on a I don't know if it was a straight drop back or what, and b- boom, he was off to the races. He would be trouble, and they got a couple guys who would be trouble for the this, this Vikings, uh, you know, backfield, that our defensive backs. And, uh, you know, so that would be a challenge. And they run the ball so well. And again, you know, I, I, but their defense, you know, 136 yards passed in the game. That is incredible. So uh, that would be uh, one, one heck of a matchup for the Vikings. And, and very well, you know, will happen whether it's in. Uh, the first round, the divisional round, wherever I I can see this game uh, happening at some point this season.
0: And if you consider that the only game that San Francisco lost was because their backup kicker, Robbie Gold is hurt, backup kicker shanked one in overtime against Seattle and opened the door for the Seahawks to win. I think that they're far and away the best team in the NFC. They have in terms of point differential, they're plus 169. The next best team is actually Dallas at plus 85, who I want to talk to you about in terms of overreactions. And And then the Vikings are next at plus 84. I I think that as we've gone along here, San Francisco has uh, extended that lead over the next best team, which is... Probably New Orleans at this point, but the Saints have given me a little bit of pause over the last couple of weeks. Um, Carolina was able to hang with them yesterday when they had chances to finish that game, and then you know, they had that loss to Atlanta. So they're looking kind of like a, a good team that still has some vulnerabilities. I'm having trouble, aside from Jimmy Garoppolo and not trusting him yet as a quarterback, needing to see that in the playoffs. I'm having trouble not seeing San Francisco as far and away the team to be.
1: Well, I think they're right up there. I think yeah, I could see them being the number 1 team right now. They've just been dominant in a lot of ways. They're plus 169. I think Seattle is a team that's just so hard to beat that you know, they've just got a, a great overall spot. It's these teams that run the ball, which is interesting, right? I mean, the, the Vikings run the ball well. Uh uh you know, even the Cowboys, they're one of their strengths is running the football, but it's these teams that run the ball. Uh, San Francisco, uh uh the the Seahawks, the Vikings, um, they're having a lot of success, and uh, I think those sort of three teams or those four teams, I should say, are going to be right there uh, come deep playoff time.
0: Yep, and when you look at, since you love the uh, the play actions, when you look at the top two quarterbacks in the NFL quarterback rating with play action, it's Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins. And uh, I, I wanted to move to that game with Russell Wilson because it was ugly, it was rainy, it was hideous. Uh, DK Metcalf dropped two long passes that were right on the money from Russell Wilson, and yet they grind out a win in Philadelphia, which isn't always easy to go to Philly and, and beat them in, in a tough environment. And now Seattle and the Vikings will play next Monday. We've got plenty of time to preview everything about it. But this game now, Sage, means so much. And I'm glad Seattle won that game because it ramps it up even more. Seattle has a chance still, weirdly, to win the NFC West. Even if I don't think they're as good as San Francisco, San Francisco has a really tough schedule. They've got to play the Ravens. They have to play at Seattle again. Listen, there's a lot of of, uh, season left.
1: You know what I mean? I mean, it's... Uh, I think in our minds we have these teams where they are, but there's a lot of season left. And, you know, also quarterbacks get hurt. You know, what happens if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt next week? You know, all of a sudden, boom, they're a team that might make the playoffs but probably won't, you know, win after that is what we would all say, right? So, uh, but this, you're right, this Seattle team is, I think they're, they could very easily win that NFC West. It's going to come down to a game or two, and and this game is for both teams. And the Vikings now with that loss, boom, they're right in the mix to win the North and, and have a good chance to win the North, and is, are playing better football than the Packers right now. Uh, this almost feels like a playoff game uh, coming up this week. It does, and or like a half playoff game, something. I mean, it's it's both teams are going to put it on the line for this game and hold nothing back, and you know they could. See, there's nothing like having that buy. You win this game, it gives you a chance to have that buy, and and uh, you know both these teams would love to have that.
0: And very often in recent history, the team with the buy has gone on uh, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Both teams like playing at
1: home. I mean, two of the better home field advantage teams as well I think in the NFL so they yeah that buy and home field advantage would be huge
0: so when you look at how the uh, the scenarios could shape up there as you mentioned there's so much still to be decided but we kind of know who the teams are going to be aside from the Dallas and Philadelphia race which uh, is probably going to come down to the wire Philadelphia has a very easy schedule the rest of the way but they've got a lot of weaknesses. Dallas clearly is having some issues uh, with their owner and coach maybe not uh, agreeing on some things, and I thought they botched yesterday's game toward the end with some decisions there. But aside from that, we kind of know who the teams are going to be, that it's San Francisco, New Orleans, Minnesota, Green Bay, Seattle, and then winner of the NFC East. Let's just say that Dallas ends up pulling that out. Who, if you're the Vikings, do you want to face? If we both agree that San Francisco is the team you do not want to face because of that defensive line, Who's the team where you'd say, you know what, give me them in the first round of the playoffs. I think we've got a good chance.
1: You know, probably that NFC East team, whoever that would be, you know. Uh, that's what I would like to play play in the first round. I think those teams all have some glaring weaknesses and and, uh, you know, the, I don't like the Cowboys winning somewhere on the road or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at those teams as, you know, someone's going to come out of that division. And and if I were the Vikings, uh, other than getting a bye, of course, I'd, I'd probably like to see the Cowboys slash Philly, whoever that team is going to be.
0: So I don't disagree with you on that because, of course, if, uh, well, you'd have to go to Dallas. So that would be still, That's true. still That's tough. True. That's still tough. And yeah. the way Dak is playing, that, that would still be difficult. But tell me if it's a hot take By to say. By the way, wait. What are your thoughts on...
1: Um, sort of changes stuff. So what are your thoughts on that? Even, the team with the better record should have the home game within the conference. Oh, Does that I, make sense? Yeah, it, I totally you know,
0: think that's how it should be. Like
1: the, you know, the teams that get they're like eight and eight or nine and seven, and they get a home game against like a thirteen and three team because yep. they were second. Uh, just seems unfair to me.
0: You remember and, the uh, uh, the Marshawn Lynch. Beast mode run against yeah. the New Orleans Saints. They were like what seven and nine or eight and eight that year. Seattle and New Orleans had to go out to Seattle just because the NFC West was terrible. New Orleans should have had a home playoff game. They had the better record that year, and instead they have to go to the toughest environment in football and play a team that was inferior I think, to them. I've never I, I, made any has, sense of this. Has this been brought up,
1: uh, like with the rule change commission? Have people has this been a conversation piece in like the off season? Because I, I think it should be. I've all, they changed a lot. Of Rules in this league one probably should either legitimately call this pass interference thing or get rid of the whole thing altogether. They did call a good one yesterday, I thought. By the way, in that Carolina game, uh, but uh, yeah, I'd like to see this possible rule change. The team, if the teams had the same record. The tiebreaker is that if you win the division, you win uh, home field advantage or, whatever, or get the home field a, a game or whatever. But I, I think this thing should be talked about, and I'm all about for that change.
0: Well, I, I could take this to another level. I think it should just be for the NFL. I, I don't even think it should be AFC-NFC. I think it should just be the teams, the 12 teams with the best records are seated like that. That the four, oh. the four best teams in the whole NFL, not AFC, NFC, the whole NFL, they end up getting those four spots, and then you just seed it the rest of the way out. I, I don't like it being, oh, well, this team went 8-8, eight and eight and they have a better seed than a team in the AFC who went 11-5. and five. The Patriots, the year that... Matt Castle had to start. They went 11-5, and five, and they missed the playoffs just because of how things shook out. That should never happen. It should so be you're saying one of the that we best records change. in the league. You should be
1: we, in the playoffs. So you're almost saying it's almost, a, in a sense, the divisions are only for sort of rivalry games and whatever, but there really just should be 12 teams. So this would allow the NFL to go to, like, adding teams in Europe or whatever is the sort of – doesn't really matter how, how many teams there are in the NFL. Everyone's in some sort of – T- some sort of division, and then we're just going to pick the best you know, 12 or 16 teams to make their playoffs and, and not really worry about the who's the division winners and, and all those types of things?
0: Yeah, that's how I would want to do it. I'm going to try and see if I can figure out who would be playing each other in the first round if we just did it by the best 12 teams here in the NFL because I think it would create some really awesome matchups that we have never seen before early in the playoffs. Clearly, you would have AFC and NFC teams Playing, but uh, I mean, so you've got New England is ten and one, San Francisco is ten and one. Those teams would get the buys, and then you would have Seattle nine and two, and New Orleans nine and two. They would be the teams that would get like the buys as of right now. I don't know what's going to happen with uh, with Baltimore. But then after that, I mean, you could end up having say, you know, Dallas play against Houston or something like that or or Kansas City play against Seattle and and Mahomes and Russell Wilson go at it in a first round playoff matchup. I think that would be super compelling and offer matchups that we've never seen before. I don't disagree. Right.
1: I don't, yeah, it would be the most um, fair and I as an example, you know, all those years, Colts, uh, and, and, and the Patriots. In that AFC Championship game, I'm yep. not sure what the yep. numbers were on that, but over the course of you know 15 years, it seemed like probably half of them were that matchup, and, and it felt you, like that was
0: basically the Super Bowl. Right you now.
1: had to, you had to think it would have been nice if Peyton Manning was in a different bracket and Tom was in this bracket, and they met up in the Super Bowl. I mean, they could have played five, six Super Bowls against each other. I mean, imagine that story. But again, they're in the same uh, you know conference, and so I like what you're what you're dealing here, and uh, you know maybe it's something that uh, we see down the line.
0: Well, they used to do it in hockey and. then they changed it and there were some really cool matchups that happened in 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 rivalries that ended up kind of organically being created that way and i wish they would just do it again if you're going for most fair most fair system
1: if uh what i believe is the number one seed this year would be the patriots again and uh, it just blows me away they play obviously yesterday and their offense isn't scoring a ton of points, but, you know, I don't know. They, they've they scored 300 points, given up 117 points. I mean, they are killing teams. And, um, you know, at it again, that would be the worst place to play. I mean, yesterday was your classic. Nobody wins those games in Foxborough when it's raining or snowing or whatever. Tom Brady just finds a way to win them. Uh, one way or another, him and Bill Belichick, and they're 10-1. And, and that would be the place that I would least like to play in the playoffs of any team this year.
0: So the, the takeaway from that game, though, Sage, I don't know if you heard what Jerry Jones had to say, but basically called out Jason Garrett and the coaching staff after the game, which is, in my mind, fair. I mean, they made mistakes on special teams. They made game management mistakes. That Jason Garrett may be a good coach in other areas, but in game management, I think he's behind a lot of other coaches in the league. Uh, would you be stunned if they made a change? I mean, it is the Dallas Cowboys. Like, they would be I, the team to do it.
1: They could make a change midseason, which would be crazy. I think they're going to wait to see where this thing goes. You know, this is where, like, when, when the uh, Giants won a couple of Super Bowls, Tom Coughlin was, like, on the hot seat, and there was all this conversation. And, you know, next, you know they go on these little runs, and they, they win the Super Bowls. And so I think, uh, you know, maybe Jerry's trying to somehow spark a fire and have the, have the players rally behind their coach. I don't know. I I always find it interesting when Jerry Jones complains about certain aspects of his team because since he's in charge of the entire team, it's really his fault. It'll, it always comes back to Jerry's fault. Like if you don't like the coaching, you've hired the coach <laughs> right, right. that hired the coaches or whatever. You signed off on the deal. This is your decision. So rather than complain about it, Jerry, go get yourself a better coach. You know, and and uh, so uh, I love Jason Garrett. One of one of my favorite coaches I played with and played for. He backed me up in my first ever game, so I love the guy to death. But you know, I don't know. They they seem to get beat sometimes in embarrassing you know coaching. Uh, uh, situations or whatever and you know they they have not won it's amazing he's been there a long time for them to not uh you know win a super bowl or go to a super bowl or even come close to going to super bowl and uh but this might be the end of the road uh in in dallas for jason garrett
0: all right let's take a break let's go through the final vikings games and what could play out here and i will give you my hot take and who i think that they should play and also Maybe one of the worst decisions I have ever seen by a franchise just happened while we were talking. And I mean ever. One of the most clueless, like, what are you doing decisions as we were talking. So when we return, I will explain. Here you listen to Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels on Score North. Whether it's Baker's
1: Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar.